0: Uh, What
1: we're going to do is I'm going to record the intro and then I'm going to record the outro. So let me get everything set up so that I can do that. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to another edition of the show. I'm the real Jason Duncan, and I'm really, really glad that you're here. I got a great guest for you today. This guy is a friend of mine. Um, that I've known for six or seven years and has subsequently become a client of mine as a part of my, has been a coaching coaching uh, client of mine. Plus, he's also a member of my mastermind. We're going to talk a little bit about today. But his name is Bobby Harris. He lives here in the Nashville, Tennessee area, owns a phenomenal digital marketing company called Hey Digi, And you can look that up at HeyDigi.Marketing. We'll talk a little bit more about that on the show, but he's the founder of Hey HeyDigi, uh, which is a digital marketing agency uh, that, Here in Nashville, Tennessee, that specializes in building what he calls a digital marketing machine, uh, which he, he coined that phrase to describe the process he uses to maximize marketing. And if you're interested in digital marketing, of course, there's a bazillion choices out there. But the reality is. Who are you using can do they have the chops to get it done and i think bobby does bobby's one of as a vendor of mine and my companies and does a does a fantastic job he's the founder of several companies uh we're going to talk a little bit about his story about how he founded an, his original digital marketing company revolt and then how he so, how he sold it and it wasn't a very good experience and then how he started hey digi and one of the worst uh, economic climates that our country or the world really has seen in a long time and, and grew it to phenomenal to phenomenal growth in spite of all that. He also has another company called Volus, which is a platform to help recruit, qualify and manage volunteers for live events, which I think we're going to discover in the show is probably his long term, non-exitable business. The thing that he wants to get going Uh, And to live out the purpose and true passion in his life. He's uh, married to an amazing woman named Crystal. They've been married for 19 years. He's got five kids. Just a great dude to know. Uh, I want to welcome Bobby Harris to the root of all success. Hey there, Bobby. Welcome to the
2: show, my man. Hey, Jason. How's it going, man?
1: It's uh it's good. We were talking pre-show about what's been going on in my life for the last 24 hours and it's been kind of kind of exciting. Um you know, right before for everybody's sake, right before I, I like right as I sat down at my computer to start this show with Bobby, my electricity at my house goes completely out and everything. So I thought, well, it's really good that that happened before we started recording cuz that would have screwed up the show. So thank you God for those little little pieces of mercy. <laughs> so Well, Bobby, this is going to be this is going to be an interesting conversation because we've known each other for a long time, and uh, so we're friends first, and then you became a client of mine, and actually have a pretty large part of uh, part of the story of me becoming a a business coach because you know you you which will tell part of the story for the listeners' sake. You You came to me years ago when we're thinking about. Transitioning from full-time corporate to doing your own thing, and I kind of you asked for my help because I built a pretty successful business at that point. And then ultimately, uh, not only because of that reason, but primarily for a large part of helping you, I decided you know this is what I want to do. So thank you for that. It's been uh, it's been a wild ride and a good one. So thank you for being a part of my story.
2: Well, thank you, Jason. I appreciate it so much. You've been a huge factor in the success that I've been able to achieve.
1: Well, it's been cool watching watching it happen because I know your wife, I know I know your kids, and and uh, I, to to know that you went from you know times when your electricity got cut off not because somebody made a mistake while they were installing a hot water heater but because you couldn't pay the bill yeah. uh, to watching that type of stuff to where you're now that you know we're not going to talk about m- your money personally but but I know kind of where you're at and what's going on. It's like holy crap, man! The entrepreneur life. There's nothing like it, dude. It is just such a wild ride, and I'm very proud of you. And I'm honored to, to know you, to call you a friend, and also, I'm uh, I'm honored that you're you're part of my mastermind. You're part of my coaching platform. So thank you, thank you for that as well. So, all of that aside, let's talk about your journey. So, you had a pretty uh, interesting start to your entrepreneurship. It wasn't. Wasn't the same as everybody. Well, nobody has the same one, but
2: tell, tell everybody how you got your start as an entrepreneur. Oh, man. Well, this like we share in, in the mastermind group, we actually had a get together on Monday and um, I, I shared kind of my my journey and how I can see every piece of that fitting into my where I am now. So my wife and I got married and um, I was doing land surveying and has nothing to do with digital marketing at all. Uh, Around that time, I had friends in bands, and I was, you know, trying to help them manage and book shows. So I was was kind of getting involved in in that world. And um, land surveying also is puzzle solving, which I love, and that is a big piece of digital marketing is the puzzle solving. So we got married, land surveying, and at the same time, I was doing booking with bands, friends, and things like that. And also, I had been doing youth ministry, just kind of volunteer stuff, and. We eventually moved into full time youth and young adult ministry, and part of that was running a concert venue at the church. Again, like you don't see the the pieces how they connect, but I can slowly see these things coming together. Um, through that, uh, I, I, we developed a really good presence in the Dallas Fort Worth music scene, and people knew who we were. And I, I made a lot of good contacts. Eventually, we moved to Nashville uh, ten years ago, actually. And when that happened, we moved up to help with the church, but we ended up I ended up working for a local nonprofit here in Nashville called Rocket Town. And they ran this huge music venue, actually three venues within the building. And um, it was a wild time. I was working nonstop for nonprofit wages, getting home after midnight. My last year there, I was 175 shows. Nonprofit wages, getting home after midnight, 175 times that year. We had four kids at that time. My wife was like, we can't keep doing this. This is too much for our family. You, You don't make enough for us to pay the bills. You're, you're never home. Your kids don't see you. And so we started thinking about it, praying about it. What would be the next step? And really, what I'd been doing in the music side of things was all marketing. And I'd been doing it since MySpace. So <laughs> it was all digital marketing. So I, I said, let's move into marketing. Let's find something available. I found a local Harley Davidson dealership, or actually, a group of dealerships. Jason, you happen to know the owner. And um, they were looking for what they said was an events marketing manager. And when I came in for the interview, I left and I I, I emailed him back. I said, "You need a marketing director." You know, I I'd I'd never done this before, but (laughs) I knew what they needed. And I'm a third generation rider myself; like I know motorcycles really well. Well, I got hired as the marketing director, and within a year of that, I started picking up side clients for digital marketing. They would actually recommend clients for me, and it got to the point where I could not do both at the same time, and only one had no ceiling, and that was the entrepreneur journey. So, I took it off on my own and first agency we started was acquired in 2019. Uh, that was a, you know, not a comfortable situation. <laughs> I watched what I had built what I had built from the ground up come crashing down and a lot of overpromising and under delivering, which is not something I'm a fan of. But um at the beginning of 2020, I uh, started Hey Digi and Jason, you were there for all of it. So thank you so much.
1: Well, you've got uh, so, so the, so the journey from Rocket Town doing, doing uh, the nonprofit stuff and, and certainly this is no slam against Rocket Town, but they were not paying you what you were worth. Yeah, um, You know, you were working tons of hours, 175 shows and, you know, it, it, you were making I, I what was it like in the twenty thousand dollars range? I mean, it was it was tiny.
2: Right? It, it, it was low. I, I won't throw. You know, it's nonprofit world. It's kind of the culture that's there. It's you. It's not a healthy culture in general. So I'm I'm a huge fan of the people that do the nonprofit work. I'm not a huge fan of the mentality of oh we we have to slave to make the world a better place. I don't think that's necessary.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, toxicity around that. Not that Rocket Town is certainly. we, we, we Rocket we is a great ministry here in the Nashville yeah. area. It, it's good. So this is not a slap on them, but but I think it's a slap on the concept built around non- to- nonprofits. If we could take kind of a sidebar on this, I think it might be helpful for some yeah. of the listeners to know is that, you know, my background was ministry very much like yours. I didn't work in the nonprofit space, but you know, we they. I think there's this expectation. Well, you're because you're doing it for God. You got to do it. You got to have poverty. You got to live in poverty. No, 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 absolutely not. I, I, that that is a lie from the devil uh, that we have got to do that. And but but you lived that, and and I think part of that, if I could, if I could, as a coach, look into your story a little bit and say that that created a hunger in you to never ever ever experience that side of. I mean, you were, I guess, technically probably not living in poverty, just technically. But but there, that really was where you were at. Um, right. I mean, yeah. y- your wife would have <laughs> she was like, yes, yes, yeah. we were poor. <laughs> yeah, we definitely were. <laughs> but you but you've left you've left that behind. And, and I think what's interesting is as Napoleon Hill and think and grow rich, he talks about this thing that in every adversity, there's the seed of an equivalent benefit. And I think for your, you and that adversity that you experienced during those tough times of no money and, you know, electricity getting cut off and just not having the, you had four kids to take care of that, that seed of the benefit was I'm going to do something bigger with my life. And I, and at the time, I don't think you knew that you were going to be an
2: entrepreneur uh, because you weren't necessarily looking for that. Is that, is that fair? Oh yeah, that's a hundred percent accurate. Um, I've always liked the idea of entrepreneurship. I'm adventurous by nature, so like it fits my personality really. Like I grew up racing motocross, so it's like individual sports, put it all on the line, you know. I'm all for that, but it wasn't something that I'd really put much thought into really as far as the entrepreneur side of things goes.
1: Why do you think the entrepreneur bug bit you? But because you because you went from Rocket Town, nonprofit world, music, which is mm-hmm. part of who you are and what you like, because it kind of coincides with your faith and and your personal desires around music and your passions around that. To working for Harley Davidson Group Harley Harley Davidson dealerships as a marketing director, to starting your own thing, where would where would did the entrepreneur bug bite you? At, at what point did that happen? So
2: I'll share a story here that you know uh, I don't think I've ever <clears throat> shared publicly, and not for any reason. I just don't think I have. Um, I think it really came from like a place of desperation in the beginning, um, and resourcefulness. So when we, when I was at rocket town, I won't even just like, I'm gonna stop saying rocket town when we were living well below, you know, what a good standard is. Um, I started just seeking out anything we could do to make extra money. And for a while, my wife was, you know, I had this idea. I was like, she, she cooks for a large group of people every day. I said, why don't we make meals for people? So we started cooking meals and like people from like kids from Rockettown, Town college students that would come in for shows and like, Oh, I don't know. We had probably had a regular customer base of like eight to 10 people that would buy meals from her every week. And they'd spend like 30 bucks and get this huge meal that could feed them. A young single dude could eat for a week off of it. So we started doing that. Um, and then just, you know, other small things would come up and I'd be like, Hey, well, I bet we can do this and make a little extra money. Uh, so like, that resourcefulness side of it, I guess that goes back to like problem solving, puzzle solving. I love that. If I see a problem, I want to figure out how to solve it. And um, that was, you know, at that point, I realized, hey, there's there's other ways I can do this. And I didn't know at that point, hey, I'm going to start my own like full-fledged business. At that point, it was just like, we need a little bit of supplemental income to pay the electric bill or whatever. But um, I think that kind of set the tone for... Later on, when we started getting into, I was getting clients on the side, and I realized, oh, this could be a full time business. I could actually just do this on my own.
1: Yeah, so I, I think it's interesting those two words you use: desperation and resourcefulness. And so I think you know a good title for this for this episode is how desperation could lead to entrepreneurial success. But it's not just desperation; it's it's resourcefulness. So you <clears throat> you you had out of the desperation and the resourcefulness this desire to make extra income, and and the way you saw. A path of doing that would be um through an entrepreneurial the the vehicle of entrepreneurship yeah absolutely and, and 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 i'd like to i'd like to get your i don't think I've ever asked you this question before how how do you what would you say? because I know a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this right now are dealing with what you dealt with at the beginning. They're are mm-hmm. They don't have enough money to cut. Co- like you and I both know the same guy who talks about dollars and dimes, you know, dimes are what covers daily, daily yeah. needs. And then the dollars are the big things. And the, the, the deal is if you don't have your dimes covered, if your dimes aren't covered and you're having to scrape, scrape and scrap and be, as you said, desperate and resourceful to get bills paid, it's very difficult to thrive. So, How do you tell me, tell me your mindset. What do you think about that? What's it like for entrepreneurs who don't have enough to pay the bills? How would you, how would you advise them or coach them through that?
2: Um, I I would say a hundred percent. Like there is a a period where you have to just put all of your time and resources into it. So I'm a a big believer in like having, if if you're just starting that journey and your, your business is just a thought, maybe you have a little bit coming in from it. You've got to maintain your consistent income as you build that, your your new project. Um, if you're working for someone else, do that diligently. Honor them because they brought you in. They trusted you. Do that job diligently. But at the same time, you're going to have to pull the late night hours, the early morning hour set. I know I did that. <laughs> like There were some late nights where I'd get three or four hours of sleep and then go into work the next morning and have to execute and do the same thing the next night. There were. You know, a couple of years of that where I didn't sleep a whole lot, but it was an investment. It was a time investment early on. And I think that's necessary. I, mean, I, I, was, I had a burden that I... Not a burden. I had a responsibility. That's a better word for it. I had a wife and four kids. Like, I could not put things aside and say, okay, I'm just going to focus on this. I had to provide for them. But at the same time, I knew the only way to provide for them the way I would really love to was to build something. And something outside of what I had already known.
1: How did you get into digital marketing? Because if you look at your story with ministry, mm-hmm. uh, if you look at your story with land surveying, look at your story with doing the the, the venue with nonprofit, none of those has a direct link to digital marketing. I know we could all you'd always draw some lines direct, you know, connecting it. But why digital marketing? Was it was it the job at at Harley Davidson that kind of opened your eyes to it? Or was it before that?
2: No, it was before that. So like, I literally started doing live music promotions and getting involved in that industry when MySpace became the way to promote. So at that point, it was all organic social. But to get someone to an event, like old the old way of doing things with flyers and radio and all of that stuff no longer mattered. It was really about, can you have a presence on MySpace to get people to an event? And that was when I realized the importance of digital marketing. I mean, I didn't know at that point it was digital marketing. I said digital presence. Um, So that was the beginning of it. So it came from the music industry, really, more than anything. Um, And then I started as I moved into like at Rocket Town, where we had a venue that would hold one of our rooms would hold 1500 people. So obviously, to get 1500 people to a show, you have a different marketing tactic than filling out a room of 300, which was kind of what I had been used to prior to that. Um, and that led me down the path of adver- digital advertising and learning way more about that. And then moving into Harley, I learned so much more because I mean, there's obviously a bigger budget with Harley Davidsons. So <laughs> I was learning how to execute on the fly, uh, applying what I'd already known, knew, but executing on the fly. And not, I'm not a big fan of fake it till you make it. Like I, I don't like that. I, I feel like it's disingenuous. But I am a big fan of if you say you're going to do it, execute. And so I, I said, I'm going to do this and I executed. And through that, I learned so much.
1: I, rem- <laughs> I remember you speaking of your ability to execute. I remember when you and I were sitting in, in my office one day, years ago, when you first started your first deal, your first company, which was a revolt, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and you were talking about you're, we were. I was asking Bobby, "What do you got to hit? Like, what's your number? What do you, you got to have monthly just to pay the bills?" And can can, can I share that number? Is Absolutely. That, all right. So it was it was six thousand a month, right? So to put this in perspective, he goes from you know working in the nonprofit space and ministry space, which six thousand a month that that is a pipe dream for people in that space because that's seventy two thousand dollars a year. That's a lot of money. And 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 I know that my last year in ministry. I think I was making somewhere around between 45 and 50. My last year as a school teacher, I was making 38, like I went backwards. Uh, so to, to 72 for any of us would have been at, <clears throat> uh, in your space, that's a lot of money. Well, today we can su- suffice it to say without getting too specific, you have well eclipsed that in terms of revenue. Yes. And, uh, and personal income through your new company, Hey Digi, Hey Digi Marketing. Um, and I know that we say that was a long time ago, but in, in reality, that wasn't that long ago. It this wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, because you, you, you started, you, you sold, uh, you sold Revolt in 19, right? Yeah. Was that right? It is. So, and, and you didn't, I am want to talk about that story for just a minute, because you talked about how that didn't go the way you wanted it. Uh, and then, and then you started Hey Digi in 2020 and you picked the perfect year to do that.
2: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the most expensive. terrifying thing I could have ever done. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I remember you calling me at some point during the middle of that going, dude, I don't know if this is going to, like, I don't know if this is going to work. And I was like, yeah, I don't either. (laughs) Let's work through this together. So tell us a little bit about how the revolt thing ended. That was the name of your first digital marketing company because you weren't really happy with how that ended. So tell me a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. Um, I I won't go and I'll leave any names or anything out. I don't feel like that's necessary, but, um, I'd been working on a project with another agency, a much larger agency. They had 50 employees, three locations. And you know it was pretty like compared to what I was doing as a solo, solo, uh, solopreneur. There we go. Couldn't think of the word as a solopreneur, um, a big deal. And um, we were working on the same project. They were doing pieces that I, I don't do. Um, and I was doing the advertising pieces, which they didn't offer. We had we started a great conversation, and um, within I don't know four or five months, Revolt came in under them, and um, all my clients came with me, and it was you know I had a title of senior consultant to help them develop the marketing side, the digital advertising side of what they did, uh, and through the next six months, seven months, I guess I watched every one of my clients that I had personal relationships with. Um, just really get drugged through the mud on that whole scenario, and I've I've never felt worse in business than I did in that scenario. They, uh, I, I had no staff. <laughs> I was I was supposed to have staff, and every time I tried to get someone on, they uh, they booted that idea as like, come, on, we gotta have people. Like if we're gonna scale this, we gotta have more people. I and mean, by the end of it, it just was um every 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 relationship business wise that I had developed over the few. Previous years was um, gone uh, because of the scenario that was going on there behind the scenes, and um, yeah, 2019 that very it was uh, the week of Thanksgiving when everything kind of crashed, came cra- crashing down from that whole thing.
1: So there's lots of ways to exit, and you know that I'm I'm an exit coach. I talk with people about how to exit without exiting, and one of the ways is a total exit where you sell your business to a third party and you walk away. You're never involved again. One is an earnout where you sell it to a third party, but they require you to stay in for a significant or a specific period of time. And then eventually you can walk out. And then there's the exit without exiting method, which I teach, which is you Mm -hmm. maintain ownership, but you're not involved in the daily operations. You actually did kind of a a fourth way that we don't really talk about a lot because it's so it doesn't normally happen. And that's where you allow a, a customer of yours to kind of absorb you for a large contract price. So you essentially sell to that customer, so it's kind of an earn out, but not not, yeah. not right. Would you recommend that strategy to others?
2: No, hell no.
0: <laughs> Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible.
1: As an entrepreneur, I know that you have to deal with sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal back to sales. If you want to figure out how to improve content creation, improve client trust, improve your sales Process, decrease the sales cycle because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dub. There's a special offer for Dub for listeners to the root of all success at slash Dub. And that's D U B B. I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan and I'm so honored that they're our primary sponsor of the podcast. They have helped over 60,000 businesses around the world communicate better to make sales easier to make sales more personal. Dub is built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting. Anything you need around video and sales and automation, Dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to the slash dub and there you're going to get 2 weeks for free to try Dub Plus. You're going to get 50% off your first two months of dub. You can't, you can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to the real slash dub. I love talking about this sponsor because it's, it's often oftentimes a lot of people talk about sponsors on their shows. You have sponsors and they, they either don't use them or they might've used them once and they're not really in love with it. They just take their money. <laughs> it, it certainly is nothing wrong with that, but this sponsor this one of my sponsors of the podcast is Story, S-T-O-R-Y-Y. Two whys. Why? Because they're awesome. If you've ever wondered how these influencers do their Instagram reels and their TikToks and their YouTube shorts to look so amazing where they've got the Zoom cuts and the pop-ups and the on-screen uh, illustrations, whether it's cartoons or actual images or videos that get responses, that that people go, ooh, I want to talk to that." If you want to know how people do that, that is exactly what Story does. They take your videos and they make you look like an influencer. They make you become an influencer. And they will post it for you, they'll write the captions, they'll add the relevant hashtags, they put it on the platforms that you care about the most. And after that content's posted, they take it even one step further to boost it to your past clients, your leads, or anyone that you wanna target. And they even have someone log into your social media profile to engage with other people's posts to drive engagement on your profile. Story truly takes the headache away from doing social media content from start to finish. And they have a mission to help people nurture and cultivate their relationships by sharing your message digitally. And they even have an app that makes it easy to upload your content and track everywhere your video is at. I've been using them for a long time. I told them, I said, look, guys, I love what you're doing. I want to recommend you to everybody. You need to be a sponsor of my podcast. And so they're a co-sponsor of this podcast, and they're also the exclusive sponsor uh, of my live webinar series, Entrepreneur Master Series, because they're that good. I tell everybody about them. So go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story to learn more. And that's therealjasonduncan.com slash story, S-T-O-R-Y-Y. Why are there two whys? Because they're awesome. You'll get 10% off your first three months if you go to that link,
0: therealjasonduncan.com slash story. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show.
2: <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. Like if you built something, you there's two two ways to look at it. Either you don't give a crap about it. Like and that's fine. Like I've done things in the past business-wise that I'm like I don't care what happens with this. I have no emotional attachment to it. But most of us have put a lot of time and effort into something and we do care about it regardless of what we say publicly we care about what we've done there there's a sense of pride to it and there should be because we've worked hard for it and in a scenario like that it doesn't matter what you've built now you you no longer have control of it someone else does so either sell flat out which is totally fine and let go of it or don't let it go like those are your two options really i mean and by not letting it go you could exit without exiting because it's still yours it's still your baby and at the end of the day if you ever said hey i don't like the way this is going you could come back in and say i want to fix something here but um overall like don't do what i did don't do that
1: <laughs> well you've survived in spite of it and uh, maybe because of it oh, yeah. um you know your your hey diggy hey diggy is going really really well for you and i i'll plug i'll plug for you as much as you're saying kind things about me i mean you do you do my facebook ads and google ads you run that for me and and uh, you, you, you've run it for lots of other people that are part of our coaching organization. And you've you've talked. I mean, you, you're killing it. You're doing doing a great job. You've I've seen you hire employees. I've seen you hire you know apprentices and VAs. I mean, you're you're doing the thing that we've talked about you and I for the last five or six years on how to build these businesses. And you're doing a great job. So I would say. If you're interested in that, just like I talked about at the, at the in the intro, hey It's hey h e y d i g i dot marketing. Hey marketing is his website. You could find him on Facebook and Instagram at those same things. Bobby, what what kind of what do you think is the next step for you in terms of your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, so. <clears throat>
2: With Hey Digi, my goal, like the pieces I love about Hey Digi is the strategy. Like I just love, again, problem solving. I, I love it. Um, so with Hey Digi, I, I do want to maintain a, a position where strategy is one of the things I focus on. Um, but I would love to exit, and the goal is to exit a lot of the daily operations piece, the technical pieces, which I can execute, but they're time consuming. They're they're not necessary. Like I could find someone, I can replace myself in those areas. Um, and i want to that's the goal so i would love to see that you know hey did being my role being ceo founder strategist like because i love those pieces um and then my other project volist um we haven't talked about that yet but that's from the music industry side that's um we manage well first we recruit we vet and we manage volunteers for music festivals right now that's really where we're we're focused on because me and my team i actually have a team on that i could step out of it and it still function um can we all come from the music industry so it's something we're all passionate about but there's a definite need for it not just for the festival we add to their bottom line greatly by employing 100 volunteers but also for the volunteers they get an amazing benefit from getting behind the scenes getting to go side stage for their favorite bands and all these things that they would never get to do outside of these scenarios
1: So Volus is your newest uh, venture, and it's been cool to watch you come up with this as an idea. And you've you've tapped into your ministry career experience, your nonprofit career experience, running a music venue career experience, and, of course, your experience as a successful digital marketing entrepreneur to meld all that together into this concept. And I'm here to say, guys, listen to this show. Volus is going to be the next big thing because he's going to build this app around it. And it's going to be every music, every music festival and venue is going to need volunteers to work it. Volunteers want to work it. I mean, like Bonnaroo here in, here in Tennessee, you know, they, in order to pull that off every summer, they have to have, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe possibly even more than a thousand volunteers and it's hard for them to find it. And Volus is going to be that key to make it happen. What do you, what do you think is uh what do you think is the ultimate, like what do you see happening with Volus long-term Bobby?
2: Volus, Um. I'm really focused right now, um and I think this was part of the culture of my vision for it is the community for it. Um, we've built an amazing community of volunteers right now. Um, we've had people fly in from both coasts to festivals. um we had we've had people volunteer at festivals in multiple states. It's awesome. Like so that part for me is really fun. And culture we know can change the world if we develop the right culture. I think that whole industry, the music industry in general, is, is needs to be disrupted. And I'm not just talking about live, like streaming music that that disrupted some of it. But there's a whole piece of it that there's no need to go to music business college. <laughs> it's it's not necessary by any means. Why, like in music industry, it's really: Are you a hard worker? Are you good to hang around with, hang out with, and do you know the right people? And with Volus, we're able to prove that. We're, we're putting people in positions to prove that so that they can move into the industry if they want to, or if they're just a fan, they can totally enjoy that. So right now, that's really what I want to make sure is the core of what we're doing. Ultimately, a full app-based platform where that's managed from both sides, users and festivals. And again, it won't always be music. It'll I think events in general could been, could use the platform, but I want to make sure it's self-monitored. so users can rate the festival were they great to work with or were they not so that other future users could come in and say oh i don't want to work for that festival they were awful or they were amazing and likewise for the festival can they can rate individual volunteers to say this person gets x you know five-star rating they're they're amazing so the other festivals will want those individuals to come back i think there's a there's a lot of checks and balances that we want to put into this platform ultimately to really give it that culture changing piece that i think is needed at this point.
1: So if, uh, if people are the people listening, if there's somebody says, you know what? I have a music event that I do a festival that I do, or someone on uh, conversely says, Hey, I love going to festivals. I would volunteer to get a free ticket to a festival. Like how, how would they get in touch with you to say, put me in, put me in your platform.
2: Yeah. um, Just head over to volus.events. www. (laughs) That's the website. Uh, or email me Bobby at Volist and we can get you connected. So it's V O L I S T. Yes, V O L I S like volunteerist. Like yes, Vol- volunteer list. Volist. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So go to go to That's the website. Volist uh, www.volistevents. So that you can you can check that out. So you've been you've been successful, Bobby. I mean, it, it's been a pretty wild ride to watch you go from how when I met you and to see you and and i wasn't I was running my lighting company full time when I met I wasn't even doing business yeah. coaching at that time, so when I met you years ago, I guess seven years ago almost, and now, to see you as successful as you are how how would you define that word success
2: It's still something I'm striving for like I, I don't feel like I've achieved success. I small bits of success that other people consider success for me success is freedom Um, to be able to do what I want when I want with my family and my family to have the same freedom that I think that's success.
1: So you're, you're, you said freedom in, in terms of, I think time is what you were referring to. Is that what you meant? Or is it more than that?
2: Yeah, I think it's like, we can, I mean, I could quit doing everything I'm doing right now and have freedom of time. So I think it's like, it's freedom within that, I guess, resources and time, right? Because if I have freedom without resources, or if I have time without resources, it's not worth anything. So I, I think it's both the, the freedom to do what I want when I want, and be able to pursue the passions that I have in life. And really, for me, the biggest piece of success is to watch my children pursue the passions they have in life. I think that's what I would consider ultimate freedom. So you've got
1: so your definition of success is freedom to do what I want when I want. And you clarify that by saying, I've got to have resources and I need to have the time. But but you said bef- you couched your definition by saying that you don't consider yourself successful. Did, is that right? I mean, do you not consider yourself successful yet?
2: I'm by, almost that level, I would say like by traditional what success is to most people, 100 percent. Like I've got I've done some very successful things. But for what I, where I want to be and that generational freedom, I guess maybe is more important, not there yet. So that, that's, um, for me, I wouldn't, that's an aspiration. That type of success is really an, an aspiration for me. So
1: I think you're, you're well on your way. And, and, and as, as your coach, I think that there's just a few little things that got to be put in place and it's just. Getting that that delegating out to other people, getting those systems put in place, and and leave you to the strategy because that's what you like doing—just thinking about strategy. So for all of us as entrepreneurs, if we can get to that one thing that we do that we're really really good at, and leave everything else to everybody else, I think that's kind of the goal that we want to get to. And then at some point, um, you know, you'll be at this at a place of non-exitable business where you like this is what I this is why I'm on Earth. Do you think that that is Volist or is it Hey Digi or is it something
2: you haven't figured out yet? No, I think it's people like I love people. So like with the Volist piece, like I, I want to disrupt an industry like that to me is exciting. But really, like at a festival, what I love more than anything is taking a volunteer on stage with their favorite band that they've never even been close to and watching their excitement. I'm. I'm used to that. I take it for granted because I've done that for years. Like I've been on stage with some ridiculous be- artists. Like it, It's insane. Some of the people I've been on stage with. So I take it for granted when someone says, oh, I want to go on stage with this band. To them, it's, it's life altering almost. <laughs> they would never experience that. So for me, like those little things, the most exciting things, like with marketing, when I have a client that has a major win, whenever we execute a campaign... And they break records for the for their company, and watching the joy in the Zoom call on their face, love it. Like that's the kind of stuff that I want to be able to just pursue daily. How can I how can I be part of that joy in people's lives?
1: Well, I think Volist is going to give you that opportunity because you'll get to go to music festivals. You get to watch people uh, have that excitement and the joy of meeting their artists that that they want to know, and then you're the guy in between making those connections. And not only that. I mean, you're going to build deep connections with the artists and the event, the event, you know, the the people that are throwing the event, the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, The promoter. Yeah, Yeah, the organizer of the event like that, that seems to be there. So what 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 does Hey Digi have to do with getting you to that point? Like, what do you got to do with Hey Digi? So the Hey Digi is, is throwing off do- gobs of cash without you being involved so that you can do volus. What yeah. has to happen?
2: Yeah, and that's what we're working on right now. Um, bringing in staff. Uh, we've tried a few different pieces on some of the, the staffing that I wasn't real pleased with. So, <laughs> um, and I will go into detail on that. But I've also, I, I've got some people that are amazing. I've got one one person that is, and I'll, I'll give him a shout out. Shane is phenomenal. Um, Shane is my guy. You've, you've dealt with Shane. Um, really one of the best people you could ever have. And now someone's going to try to hire him from this podcast. Don't he's mine. (laughs) But like, I need like, that's what I need is just the right people in the right places. Um, as the more I try, not try, the more I delegate to people, the more I realize certain pieces of it, I can't just delegate to anyone. Like they have to have the, the raw talent. almost like you have to have an eye for it. And certain pieces I can totally give away. And that's that's what I love doing. I'm like, hey, take this, run with it. Um, I can hire VAs for certain pieces of it. I'm like, here, take it. It's yours. Um, the other pieces are it's finding the right person. Not, not only do they fit the talent, but do they fit the culture? Do they understand that you know what we do is for the client? It's not for them. So that that's the biggest piece right there is I want to make sure I think that's foundational for long term success is to make sure those pieces are solidified.
1: Well, I could also give a plug uh, to the listeners for your uh, for your benefit. If there's a listener out there that looks that likes digital marketing and wants to figure out how do you get into that? Bobby's your guy. I'm your guy. (laughs) You you need to call Bobby. Reach out to him at heydigi.marketing because you know he believe he he drank the Kool Aid with the exit without exit concept. I mean he's he's full on. He's part of my mastermind group, the Exeter Club, and he understands that this is not his baby to to be the hero of for the rest of its existence. He's got to bring other people in, and so finding someone who listens to podcasts like this, who's interested in entrepreneurial things, who also likes digital marketing, this may be your shot. This is your shot to get in and have a have a major stake in growing Hey Digi to you know, the multi-million dollar status that, that Bobby wants to see it at and so that Bobby can go do these other these other things and exit without exiting. So reach out to Bobby at heydigi.marketing. Now let me ask you, uh, Bobby, you know, based on your journey to success to this point, what would you say were the biggest keys to that that allowed you to unlock that? If you look back over the last six to seven years of going from running nonprofits to, to being wildly successful financially as compared to what you
2: were before, <laughs> what, were, what keys unlocked that for you? Um, so I was raised with a really solid work ethic. Um, my dad and my grandfather were iron workers. And I would say, you know, workaholics, really. But <laughs> I learned the value of hard work, right? Like, so I've never shied away from working hard. So I think that's a, a an important piece, especially early on in anything that you're doing. You've got to put in the effort. You can't just expect an idea to take off on its own. You have to put in the work. So that work ethic, huge. Um, resourcefulness, a big piece of that. Do you have the ability or not do you have, everyone has this ability, but what is, where do you have it at? Where do you see holes that need to be filled or a puzzle piece that's missing that you could plug? That's, I think, I think everyone has that ability to find that one thing that they see something that other people don't see and then start pouring time and energy into that. And as you do that, you'll start to figure out, Hey, I could probably figure out a way to make money doing this. I have a vision on this that other people don't have. I have a perspective that other people just can't see. And I think that's extremely important, but what is that for you? And I I would say that find what it is for you to be able to do that. Don't just try to find a model that someone else is using. Um, So resourceful, hardworking and um, desperation. (laughs) I think desperation was a big part of it.
1: So desperation can be a motivator um, because I think that's what happened to you. I mean, you you, you had desperation. That was a motivating factor, an intrinsic motivation for you to say, I don't ever want to deal with this again. I do not want to deal with a hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck, just barely making it. I, I want to do that. But then that's, that was a motivator that turned into resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. And then you tapped into your hard work, your work ethic, which led you to where you're at today. So I I applaud you for being able to to grow out of that because so many people are victims. You know, they look at their they look at their situation and they're like you used to be hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck. And they just accept, well, this is who I am. You know, the government's out to get me. Nobody likes me. I can't succeed. I'm not privileged. I can't do it bull crap man like everybody's got the same opportunity yeah it's all about your mindset and i think what what all this says to me bobby is that your mindset allowed you to be successful because if you hadn't had that mindset you'd still be stuck you know wondering where the next uh, paycheck was coming from
2: yeah absolutely and i you know i i want to be fair to the world like everyone has the same opportunity some like i came from you know i had a a decent background like i had a decent like i had a father who you know showed me how to work hard like but that doesn't that doesn't mean that someone that didn't have that can't pull it off like but i did have a a really good role model in work ethic for sure um and i think that our our responsibility as successful people or you know like striving for more success is to how can we be a role model for individuals that don't have that like i think that that's an important piece that the world needs How can we inspire other people? How can we reach into lives that maybe don't have that influence? And I think that, you know, as we, we grow in success, we have a huge opportunity to be able to help other people that maybe didn't realize that this is an option for them in life.
1: Yeah. And you know what, too, man, Um, one one of the long-term visions that I have is to, and and I want to use the Exeter Club, our mastermind that you're part of, to help make this become a reality. And that is start a nonprofit that specifically aims at helping people escape the poverty and mediocrity um, through the vehicle of entrepreneurship. And, and I think that people like you that are part of the Exeter Club and other people that are in my coaching program, we're uniquely positioned to help people just the way that you said, that we can be the role models for them. And, and, and so that what I just explained there, and I've never said that publicly on this show. I know I've shared that with you guys in the mastermind, but we can do that together. We can make this a reality where, you know, somebody's just barely making it and they have a seed of entrepreneurship, but they don't know how to execute it. They don't have the connections. We can be those connections for them. And so Mm -hmm. to the listeners, you don't have to be part of a mastermind to make that happen. You can go do that anywhere. You can, you can make that happen. But I think Bobby, you're a good example of, you know, if you have the work ethic, you have the resourcefulness, you have that desire and that desperation, you can, you can make anything happen. I mean, you went from, man, I just want to make six grand a month (laughs) to, to dude, you've, you've eclipsed that many, many times over. And, uh, I'm proud of you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really proud of you. So thank you for, for sharing your story on this show today. Um, it, you know, I don't often have clients on the show. I think you're only the second one I've ever had on the show, but um, I, I would be, would, I would be missing the opportunity if I didn't say, Bobby, tell everybody about your experience at the Exeter club and, and what you've
2: experienced here. Well, I think they heard the, the um, effects of the Exeter club already. <laughs> so working with Jason in particular, like uh, has brought me here. i um, a big piece of that. Jason's giving me inspiration He's guided me along this journey through the the good and the bad. I um, the Exeter Club. oh my gosh, like this group of of people, man, it's uh, it's great to be able to have people that are going on the same journey. We're all at different part parts of the journey, and that's great to see too. Um, to like have people ahead of me in the journey people behind me in the journey. and kind of we we are we're all able to have a different perspective for the problems and issues, and that's always really cool to have. And so I'm very thankful for that. Like it's, it's been inspirational. I'd say that I'm, I'm really excited about the future because of this group.
1: Well, and it's, uh, you know, the group is only as good as its members. So you, you've been, you were one of the charter members of the club and uh, you know, you're in your second year of your experience with that. And I can't say how much I'm grateful to have you as part of it because you're what the club needs. You're, you're what we, what we're striving to build. I also want to say, because I know I want to give a big shout out to your your beautiful wife Crystal and how supportive she's been to you and good friends that you guys have been to me and my wife Christy and uh, you got five wonderful kids <laughs> and we joke a lot too because I only have two and, and in the extra club what's funny is that we've got we got guys in there that have five six and seven. <laughs> Seven kids, which means we will never throw a family day because I couldn't afford it. I could There are way too many kids in this group, but you. But but now you're on the lower end of the I know. spectrum.
2: Usually, I walk in a room and people are like, "You have five kids <laughs> in that group." I'm I'm fine. Like, no one questions it. Yeah, we've got
1: uh, we got a lot of a lot of kids in the Exor Club. Well, Bobby, I want to give you the opportunity to uh, to have the last word today. So as we as we sign off. Uh, you can, you could use this opportunity to plug something you got going on. You could do any, you could
2: talk about, you can give a piece of advice. You get the last word. So what do you want to say today? Awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to throw two out there. One, Jason already mentioned it, but Hey, if you're interested in digital marketing and as a career, please email me, Bobby at Hey, I would love to hear from you. We may have a great opportunity here and I would love to be the stepping stone for you to get into that. Um, Second, if you have a company and you need digital marketing or you're questioning your digital marketing, if it's effective or not, email me as well. So bobby at heydigi.marketing. I would love to do just a, a consultation with you. I'd love to look at your data. And I promise you, I won't even try to sell you. Because if if I bring the right information to you, you're going to tell me, hey, I, I want you to do this work. Or I'm going to give you, here's an action list. Go, go do these things. I'm not going to charge you for it. Just email me. We'll set up a consultation. I'll look at your data and I'll give you an action plan. And you can decide if you want us to do it or you can do it. I don't care. So I just want to be helpful for you.
1: Well, Bobby, it's uh, it's an honor to know you, and it's great to have you on the show today, man. Thanks for being here, Jason. Thank you so much for everything. Well, there you have it. Another very successful entrepreneur talking about his journey to success and. Bobby's a great dude. I'm glad that you stuck it out to listen to the show. And uh, like he said, reach out to him at HeyDigi.Marketing. You can also catch him on LinkedIn or Instagram at either one of those. HeyDigi.Marketing. Um, I, I, think, I think what we see here is that work ethic, resourcefulness, and desperation. And how those three things can combine to lead you to tremendous success and how the root of his success was, was was really in those three things. And, and I think that you can have that as well. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what your background is. Quit being a victim. Quit Quit blaming your parents. Quit blaming society. Quit blaming the neighborhood you grew up in. Quit blaming the fact that you don't have enough money to make ends meet. Work ethic, resourcefulness, desperation. Use those as fuel to bring you success. Now, look, I tell my clients all the time, the magic is in the action. There is no magic in listening to a podcast. There's no magic in reading a book. There's no magic in having a coach. The magic is in the action. So what are you going to act on? After you heard Bobby's story about going from you know, not having electricity because he couldn't pay the bills, trying to figure out how to raise his family on on a meager salary in the nonprofit world to launching his own business and, 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 and working through that. And then having a lackluster sale of that business and then launching another one in the middle of a pandemic. Like, what what's your excuse? What is your excuse? I mean, if you if you have crap work ethic, OK, that that's a reason. Or you can you can turn that around and say, listen, I'm going to I'm going to have I'm going to do it right. I'm not going to have no more excuses. So what's your excuse? It's 2023 and it's time. It's the beginning of the year. It's time to, to to like like Bobby Harris showed us in the show today that with work ethic, resourcefulness and desperation, you can become anything you want. You can build a phenomenal business, whatever that desire that you have now for monthly income. You can far eclipse that with work ethic, resourcefulness, and desperation. And then you can get to what he calls true success, which is freedom, being able to have the time and the resources to do what he wants, when he wants, where he wants. And that, I think, is a great way for all of us to think about. I hope that you will tune in again next week when I talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. My goal, of course, is to bring you some amazing guests. And I have a favor to ask. Would you mind just going to, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, which I'm at youtube.com/slash/the-real-jason-duncan. If you're watching this on YouTube, please hit the like button and the, hit the bell icon so you get notified of new episodes and subscribe to the channel. This year, I'd like to see my subscribers magnify big time, like multiply rather big time. And I'd appreciate if you do that. If you're if you're listening to this on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Amazon Podcast, Stitcher Podcast, Spotify Podcast, wherever you're listening to this, if you don't mind, hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Why do I want that? It's not just for the it's not just for the pride of saying, oh, I got more reviews and more subscribers. It's because the more we do, that algorithm pushes pushes me to the top of the pile and more people get access to the show. And that's what I want. In 2023, I want more people to get access to the show, to hear inspiring stories like Bobby Harris, is. So thank you for doing that. That's my request as we sign off for today. So I'll see you next week. I'm the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King.
0: Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at the Real Jason Duncan. Are you an entrepreneur who feels trapped in the weeds of daily operations, not experiencing the freedom you thought you'd have as a business owner? Want to know the way out? Take Jason's free exit readiness assessment to see how close you are to getting ready to experience true freedom and success as an entrepreneur. Go to amireadytoexit.com today. That's amireadytoexit.com. See you again next time here on the Root of All Success.